everyone, I'm Nino Stefanelli, and I'm the host of the Coach's Corner podcast. Today's date is 02-12, and it is Saturday. Tomorrow's a big day for the NFL. I mean, the biggest game in the whole country of the United States, the Super Bowl. We have the Los Angeles Rams versus the Cincinnati Bengals. This is going to be a really, really good game. Um... Obviously, the Bengals, they have Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Uzoma, Hendrickson. They have so many different players that can help them win this game. But to many of you who don't believe the Bengals have a chance and go with the Rams, I have a, that's a great take because the Rams do have Aaron Donald. The Cincinnati Bengals have a weak offensive line. Uh, the Rams have Vaughn Miller, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Akers, all these different players that made up this great team, and now they're in the Super Bowl for the second time in five years. So, the Rams obviously do have a better chance than the Bengals. This team has much more experience in tough games. Unlike the Bengals, who have been to... This is their first playoffs in the past 30 years. Um, the Bengals have failed to show how good of a team they were these past couple of decades. But now they're the real deal. With Joe Burrow coming in, taking over, ha- adding pieces for Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Uzoma, like I mentioned before. This team has a bright upside for its future. But I do see them taking this one in Los Angeles against the Los Angeles Rams in Super Bowl 56. And uh, some of you may disagree with me, but the Bengals, they just had so much momentum since the season ended. Jamar Chase has been playing outstanding like he has all year. Joe Burrow has proved to show why he's the leading franchise quarterback. I mean, the Bengals are just using all their pieces to their maximum maximum effort, maximum how the maximum what word am I looking for? Maximum ability. They're just every player is stepping up when they have the chance. They're all playing good and that's what this team needs if they want to win the Super Bowl against the Long, Los Angeles Rams who did have a great season this year and so did the Bengals, but I believe that Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup will have that great connection in the Super Bowl, but the Bengals take this one late in the game and they win. And Joe Burrow wins his first Super Bowl in his second year in the NFL. And that's outstanding to anyone who looks at it. And yeah, that's the Super Bowl. We're going to move on to the NFL Honors, which was this Thursday. Um, some surprising and some not. Let's look at the list right here. The Pepsi Rookie of the Year was Jamar Chase. The Defensive Player of the Year presented by Castrol Edge, Pittsburgh Steeler pass rusher TJ Watt. The Best Moment of the Year was Justin Tucker's record-breaking 66-yard field goal. And I believe that field goal was to actually win the game, which is just amazing and unbelievable. So... For that to happen, that's just amazing and just shows what great of a kicker he is. Now going to 
NFL All Day or Offensive Rookie of the Year. My bad. The Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver, Jamar Chase. I said it once, I said it twice, and I'll say it again. This guy is amazing. And for all he's done, is just really, really, really just outstanding to the team and where he brought them from, including his quarterback. I'm not, not going to mention Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, obviously, unbelievable player, quarterback, whatever you want to call it. He's a really good guy. And, yeah, he he is he is one for the future, I'll tell you that. He's once in a lifetime for the Bengals to get this guy, number one overall pick. I believe he's one of the first one overall picks to make it to the Super Bowl in their second year. He's like one of two or one of three, something like that. Maybe he's the first one. I'm not sure. But yeah, Joe Burrow, unbelievable player. He actually won an award this year. I'll mention that later. But um, moving on to the offensive player of the year, wide receiver from the Los Angeles Rams, Cooper Cup. I mean, that guy deserved it. He he's everyone always looked at him as a just above average wide receiver until Matthew Stafford came in. He changed this guy and Cooper Cup's known as one of the best maybe top 5 receivers in the league this day. And I hope to see him stay that way. Obviously, lots of things can happen once and never happen again. But in the end, I hope to see Cooper Cup succeed for multiple years for or for years to come. Um, Moving on to Defensive Rookie of the Year, Dallas Cowboys linebacker Micah Parsons, the rookie out of Penn State, unbelievable linebacker, even playing on the line or even playing safety, the Dallas Cowboys would put him anywhere and he would take over and just take over the defense and lead this team on defense on the other side of the ball and shows why he's a valuable player even though he's just a rookie in his first year in the NFL. The Cowboys obviously didn't get to where they wanted to be. They lost in the divisional round, I believe. But, hey, they they tried. They had a very good team. But like in recent years, they couldn't pass the wild card or divisional round, which sucks because everyone wants them to win, 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 and they're failing to do so. So we'll see what happens this offseason. If the coach is going to be fired, if there's going to be some some type of moves or anything, but I hope to see something for this Cowboys team to come back alive and make some move or run. Moving on to um, Sportsmanship Award, the New England Patriots special teamer, Matthew Slater. I believe he's won this award multiple, multiple times. This guy's all about the community. He helps everyone in need. He's a great guy. I believe he's in his eight, 18th season in the NFL. He might retire, but I'm glad, I'm glad to see him win this reward. As I am a New England Patriots fan, been a fan of this guy for a while, for what he does, for not only the fans, but the communities, like I mentioned before. He's a really good guy, and I, I hope to not see him go, but if he, if he does, he had a great career, awesome player, outstanding player on the special teams. And yeah, I believe he did deserve this reward. 
Moving on to comeback player of the year. Like I did say before, Joe Burrow. Cincinnati Bengals quarterback. To this guy. Tore his ACL last year. Week 6, I believe, versus the Washington football team. Uh, No one knew what was going to happen next. Obviously, that's a big, scary injury. Especially in the sport of football where you would come right back and be tackled again like nothing happened. So for him to fight through that and come back and bring his team to the Super Bowl and to bring this team from a losing record for the past two decades to bringing them to the Super Bowl. If this guy didn't win this award, I don't know if the NFL could be taken serious anymore when it comes to awards. So glad to see him take this. Um, There could have been some other candidates like Nick, Nick Boza. He did not receive one single vote for Comeback Player of the Year. He busted his knee last year. He came back. He had 12 and a half sacks, maybe 15. I'm not sure. I don't remember that stat, but it was around that area, 12, 12 and a half to like 15 sacks. Coming back, helping the seven, 49ers team win, make it to the playoffs. Obviously, in the beginning of the year, they had a tough record, tough opponents versing, and... uh. They turned it around halfway, and they made it to the playoffs. They made it to the championship game, and they lost against the Rams. But they made a great run. A big part of that was Nick Boza, and obviously the offense in Debo Samuel. Jimmy Garoppolo, which will not be returning to the 49ers, is looking to be traded. We'll see where that goes. That'll be brought up in another podcast when that happens. Got to keep a close eye on that. But going back to Joe Burrow for what he's done. To this Bengals team. Whoever whoever doesn't like this is just biased. Because what he's done. No matter if you're a Patriots fan like me. Or you're a Rams fan like some of the NFL community. Or you're a fan of the Chiefs. Or you're a fan of the Bills. Or the Lions. Or the Jaguars. You have to take in what Joe Burrow's doing. To not only his organization but to the whole NFL community and showing that anything's possible no matter where, it, what this team is or not. Because if the Jaguars, the Jaguars drafted Trevor Lawrence with the number one overall pick, why couldn't he turn around that team? But the Joe Burrow could. The Bengals have sucked for the past 20 years. The Jaguars haven't sucked for the past 20 years. They made it to the championship game AFC Championship game in 2017. All right, that was one year. But that's just an example. Why couldn't Trevor Lawrence come into this team and turn things around right away? Joe Burrow came in. He was turning things around right away until he busted his knee. He came back this year and he brought his team to somewhere that no one thought they could. Everyone thought they were going to be last in their division. But no, they came out. They played. They played good. They had a good record. They beat teams that were really good. They beat teams that no one thought they could beat. And they won their division, and now they're in the Super Bowl. So why couldn't the Jaguars do that? Why couldn't the Lions do that? Why couldn't, let's see, who else? I don't know. Why couldn't, there's just many other teams out there that why couldn't they do that? But the Bengals could. And I think that's what makes Joe Burrow different from all these other QBs and shows you how special this guy is and how lucky the Bengals are to have drafted this guy with the number one overall pick. Moving on from that, we're going to assistant coach of the year, the Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn. 
what he's been able to do to turn around this organization on the defensive side of the ball. Taking in, like I mentioned before, Micah Parsons, leader in the defense, Trevon Diggs, 11 interceptions, maybe 12, I'm I, I'm not sure. Um, and to all these other players that just all work together and build a great, great defense against teams that look at them and are really scared of them. So for what they were able to do, bringing in Dan Quinn and turning that defense around and making the Cowboys contenders, which they sadly did not go. But what he what he was able to do was very outstanding and it should be noticed by the NFL community all around the country and the world. Um sack leader, TJ Watt, um ground players of the year. I've never heard of that reward, but Tom Brady and uh, Colts running back Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor had an outstanding season. You got to notice his success that he had in his first year, second year, I believe. Um, Bud Light Sally of the Year. <laughs> Miami Dolphins defensive lineman Christian Wilkins, the worm. Uh, coach of the Year, Tennessee Titans head coach Mike Vrabel. I believe it should have been Bill Belichick to turn things around with the rookie quarterback. But hey, the NFL is the NFL. They get some things right. They get some things wrong. Like anyone, people make mistakes. I believe this was a big mistake. The Titans have been good for the past three, four years since they got Ryan Tannehill. Um, Bill Belichick, he had Tom Brady's whole career. He got rid of, or Tom Brady left. He brought in Kim Newton for one year. They had a losing record. They didn't make it to the playoffs. They brought in a rookie quarterback. Didn't know if he was going to be good or not. They made it to the playoffs. They won, I believe, 10 games. They obviously didn't go past the wild card round, but for what they were able to do, going from a losing record and a losing season to not know what's going to happen next, to bringing in this guy, Mac Jones, which we are thankful and lucky that he fell down to us at the 14th overall pick, I believe, and to just take him and turn this team around, and I hope in the future he'll be one of the greats which I believe he will, this New England Patriots team is going in the right direction. And I believe that Bill Belichick brings in players and makes and brings them to the best ability that they can play at. And that's what makes him my winner of the award of Coach of the Year. Which, like I said before, obviously didn't happen. But, hey, you can't change things once it's final. Going down to the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Player of the Year, Los Angeles Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup. I believe this is his third award in this NFL Honors. Let's see if we scroll up one. So, actually, that was his second. But still, Cooper Cup is an unbelievable player. And should be recognized throughout the country of how good of a player he is, no matter if you're a fan of the Rams or not. Fan of the year is Atlanta Falcons fan Henry Isen. I did not know that that was an award, but okay. Uh, most valuable player delivered by Pizza Hut, Green Bay Packers, quarterback Aaron Rodgers, MVP, bringing in his fourth MVP of his career. Two in a row. This guy, all the drama he started in Green Bay, all the drama he dealt with throughout the season, 
all the eyes and all these different reporters reporting this, reporting that. He put the drama to the side, even though he did deal with it, and he came out strong. He brought this team to the playoffs. They had a winning record, number one seed in the NFC. And yeah, to the guy who said he wouldn't vote for Aaron Rodgers to be MVP because of what has happened and why he doesn't care about his team, that's just foolishness, and I think Aaron Rodgers does deserve this. But I think the closest one who had a closer chance to get in this might have been Tom Brady, but other than that, I don't see anyone else making a even a leap to beat any of these two guys. And the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year is Los Angeles Rams offensive tackle Andrew Whitworth. Very good guy. Obviously, like Matthew Slater, cares about the community, cares about kids in need, cares about families in need, cares about even adults and human beings in need. And he makes sure he can do whatever he can to help anyone in need to the pot, to the maximum that he can. Because obviously not one single person can help every single human being in this world. But he would help anyone to the max ability that he could to whatever he could. And that's what made him the NFL Walter Payton Man of the Year. Moving on sports, we're going to the NBA and we're just going to talk about some teams that have made a great run and why I see them being contenders in the NBA playoffs or even for the championship. So going on to my hometown team, the Boston Celtics. They're on a seven-game streak right now. And let's just see some of the teams they beat during this streak. They beat the Pelicans. They beat the Heat by 30, which right now are the number one seed in the East. Um, we beat the Hornets, we beat the Pistons, the Pistons, uh, bottom of the league, obviously not a great team, the Magic we beat by 28, again, not one of the best teams in the league, we did beat the Nets by 35, but again, they are not, they weren't healthy, uh, James Harden, hamstring, KD obviously out for another month. Kyrie can't play at home, but that was a good win to take. And a game that really amazed me was last night against the uh, Nuggets. The Nuggets, I mean, unbelievable team. Jokic, number one in MVP race right now. He had a triple-double, I believe, last night. But the Celtics came away and took this one. This was the game right after the trade deadline. Derek White came in, new new player on the Celtics. He came in. He had an instant impact. And I'm excited for this guy to be on this team. And the next game is the Celtics versus the Hawks. I hope to see the Celtics extend this at least one more game to eight. And then the Celtics versus the 76ers. If James Harden comes back for the uh, comes back and joins the 76ers for this game, I do see the Celtics losing. I mean, just James Harden first game in Philly. I feel that lots of these star players they come in, they have an instant impact before they just slow down and relax. But when you're on a new team, you're super excited, you're super motivated, you're super pumped, and that's what brings the best out of you. So I have the Celtics losing that game, but I hope they win. I want them to win. If they win, just shows you the contenders they could be. Even though they started the season off very slow and 
uh, lost lots of games, but they've been turning this stuff around, and I'm excited for the Celtics team to see what they can do. And I have them being the fourth seed in the East when things are all set and done, maybe fifth. Yeah, I have them fifth because in front of them will be the Bucks, Heat, Bulls, and Cavs. And we'll bring up the Cavs next. So, moving on to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're on a four-game winning streak. But let's just put that four-game winning streak to the, to the side. Let's look at some of these notable teams they've beat since the beginning of the season. First game of the season, they lost to the Bulls. Obviously, that didn't go their way. They beat the Hawks. They The Bulls beat them again. This is where they're just starting to become a good team. They had a bad record at the beginning of the season. They got beat by big teams, Grizzlies, Hornets, Hawks. And then once they started versing these teams again, they started to win. The Cavs beat the Hornets. The Cavs beat the Trailblazers. The Cavs beat the Raptors. The Cavs beat the Knicks. The Cavs beat the Pistons. The Cavs beat the Celtics. The Cavs did lose to the Nets. The Cavs did lose to the Warriors. They did lose to the Suns. But this is at the beginning of the season. Now if we scroll down a little bit, we move on to these bigger teams. The Cavs beat the Bulls. The Cavs beat the Timberwolves. The Cavs beat the Heat. The Cavs beat the Bucks. They held the Bucks to just 90 points. 9-0. That's outstanding. The Cavs beat the Raptors. 144 to 99. If that doesn't say enough to how good this Cavs team really is, now I don't know what could just explain how good they are. After the after Christmas, this team turned it around. They beat the Pacers. They beat the Trailblazers. They almost beat the Warriors. They beat the Kings. These are all mediocre teams. But now moving on to the Jazz, which is a really good team. They held them to 90 points. They beat them. They beat the Spurs. They beat the Thunder. Not a very good team. They beat the Nets when the Nets were healthy. They lost to the Bulls. They beat the Thunder. They held the Thunder to 87 points. They held the Knicks to 93 points. And they won both of those games. They held the Bucks to 99 points when Giannis was there. When everyone was healthy. And they beat them. And they held them to 99 points. That's just outstanding the defense this team can bring against top opponents whether it's the Celtics the Warriors the Bucks the Bulls the Heat even the Lakers even though the Lakers haven't been good this year you can't just put aside the great players they have and any of these good players can turn it around any second or any day no matter if it's today tomorrow last month if it happened last month if it happened in one month from today you never know but what this Cavs team can do is outstanding and it should be noticeable around the league and around the country. And I feel that people are sleeping on this Cavs team. And like I said, they're on a four-game winning streak. And I have them I have them dropping down. If we look at their opponents for the rest of the season, they're versing. Um, tonight, they versus the 76ers. I have them winning this game. They versus the Hawks. They win this game. They verse the Pistons. They win this game. They verse the Wizards. They win this game. Timberwolves. They win this game. Uh, Hornets. They win this game. 76ers. They lose this game. 
James Harden will be there by then. They lose the versus the Raptors. They beat the Pacers. They lose to the Heat. They lose to the Bulls. They win versus the Clippers. Just goes on and on. They lose to the Nuggets. They go to the Lakers. They beat the Lakers. They beat the Raptors. They lose to the Bulls. They lose against the Mavericks. Um, and they lose against the Nets and the 76ers. But other than that, there's some easy games they can take along this schedule. Remaining around 28 games, maybe 25. I have them winning. I have them winning at least 17 out of the 25. Only losing eight, but we'll see. Obviously, the season's not over. Anything can happen. Moving on to the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, they are on a four-game win streak. Third in the West, Jean Morant, Desmond Bain, all these players they brought in over the past three, four, even five years to build this team. It's outstanding what they've been able to do. They have a 684 win percentage. That's top three in the league. Right behind the Warriors and Suns. Um, like I said, what they've been able to do this season is just amazing my mind. They've beat big teams. They've beat the Knicks. The Knicks haven't been great that year. This great this year, my bad. But let's look at some other games. They beat the Jazz. They beat the Spurs. They beat the Nuggets. They beat the Bulls. They beat the Warriors. They beat the Lakers. They beat the Clippers. They beat the Cavs. They beat the Nets when the Nets were healthy. Healthy. I'm talking healthy KD, Kyrie, and Harden. They beat the Spurs. They beat the Lakers. They beat the Suns. Suns is obviously the number one team in the whole NBA this season. They beat the Kings. Not a great team. They beat the 76ers. Held them to 90 points. They beat them by 35, which is amazing. Um, They beat the Heat. They beat the Mavericks. They beat the Raptors. They beat the Kings. They beat the Raptors again. Uh, What this team has been able to do has just amazed everyone around the league. And I hope to see them stay in this top three position. They have some tough games coming up. They're going to verse the Hornets. They're going to verse the Bulls. They're going to verse... The Celtics, they're going to verse the, let's see, tough opponent, the Nets. They're going to verse the Bucks. They're going to verse the Warriors. They're going to verse the Suns. They're going to verse the Jazz. They're going to verse the Nuggets. They're going to verse the Pelicans. And then they're going to verse the Celtics once again. And this is a tough remaining schedule. But like they say down there, we believe in John Morant. And with John Morant, we can go anywhere. So, hopefully that's a true statement. And I hope to see the Memphis Grizzlies make a push in the playoffs and make it far. And to all of you saying that the Jazz the Jazz might not be a good team, they're 35-21. and 21. They've won five games in a row, and they are the fourth in the Western Conference. So, to all of you saying, oh, the Jazz have not been good this year. They've lost games. They've lost games. Everyone's lost lots of games this season. I mean, 
The Mavericks have lost 23. The Nuggets have lost 25. The Timberwolves have lost 27. The Clippers have lost 30. And they're all in the playoffs. The Lakers have lost 30. The Pelicans have lost 33. They just got CJ McCollum. They're looking to go up the standings. They're number 10 right now. They're in the play-in position. Let's go to the East. The East. The Heat have lost 20 games. The Cavs have lost 21. Bulls, 21. Bucks, 22. 76ers, 22. Raptors, 23. Celtics, 25. Nets, 26. There's just... To all of you saying they lost lots of game. Yes, they did. Not only them, but everyone. Obviously, the NFL's... The NFL. <laughs> Talking about sports. Uh... Talking about the NFL before, getting me mixed up. Talking about the NBA. Teams this season haven't been what they have what they have been able to do these past couple of years. Which obviously there's should be a reason for it that not any of us know. But let's bring it to the East. The East is in a very tight <clears throat> spot right now. The Celtics are four and a half games from the number one spot. The top three teams after the Heat are the Bucks, Bulls, and Cavs. They're all one game out of the number one spot. The Sixers are two and a half games out of the number one spot. Raptors, four games. And the Celtics are the last team that might have a big turnaround to get up there. But other than that, the Nets are 0-10 in their last 10 games. The Hornets have just won one, but they broke their six-game losing streak, which is not good. The Hawks haven't been able to succeed this year. The Wizards, they ju- the Wizards, they just lost Bradley Beal. They're not going anywhere this season. The Knicks, I don't think they're going to turn stuff around. They have a losing record right now. Um, they can't beat top teams, and that's really, that's really what you got to do if you want to make it far, which they can't do right now. I don't have them going anywhere. Pacers, psh, another ten games they lose. I think they're out of playoff contention. I mean, they're nineteen and thirty-eight. Very bad win-loss ratio. Um, Pistons last in the Eastern Conference. Actually last in the whole league. They're probably going to get the number one overall pick if they tank. But like the lottery odds, anyone can get the top three pick if you have the top three worst record in NBA. So we'll see what happens. Uh, My name is Dino Stefanelli. I hope you listen to my other episodes, and I'll be back next week talking about the Super Bowl outcome, uh, NBA All-Star game. I believe next week is the break. Next week is the games. Um, And yeah, I'll be back. And today's date, like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, is 02-12, Saturday. Tomorrow's a big day in the NFL, and I'll be back next week. I'm out.